We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane and the Lakers, well, they've done it again. They fumbled away a game against the Grizzlies. Score was knotted at 94 heading into the fourth quarter, and the Lakers collapsed in the fourth, get blown out. 127-113, the fourth quarter, 33-19 to the Memphis Grizzlies. Next on deck is the Clippers. This is now, I believe it's four losses in a row for the Lakers, who badly needed a win. And this one, just like the Miami game, was right there for the taking, and then the final score ends up not close as the Lakers just stumble and trip all over themselves down the stretch. Absolutely brutal stuff from the Lakers. Lakers fans, Lakers nation, I know you guys are frustrated right now, and rightfully so. You should be frustrated right now with the way this team is playing and the things that we are seeing. There were boos coming down on the Lakers at Crypto.com Arena when that game ended. And uh, that was that was certainly justified, given what we've seen out of this Lakers team in the last few weeks here. Ever since winning the season tournament, the Lakers have been horrific. That's uh, there's no way to get around it. No way to get around it. They've been absolutely terrible. That's what we've seen out of this Lakers team. Chat. I know you guys have a lot to say. And we will dive into all of that. Going to be taking your questions and comments. This is certainly going to be more of a venting show than anything else. Um, Yeah, that was certainly, certainly a rough one. The Grizzlies, I I want to start with this. So the Grizzlies shot 51% from three on 45 attempts. 45 attempts. Uh, Jaron Jackson, 33% three-point shooter, shot five of six in this game. Marcus Smart, a 26% three-point shooter on the season, 8 of 14. Desmond Bain, 5 for 8. 5 for 8. Desmond Bain. And Desmond Bain is a good three-point shooter, but 51% from three with two guys in particular, Jackson and Smart, who haven't been great three-point shooters, going absolutely berserk from behind the arc against the Lakers. So there's a couple things here. On one hand, you can look at this and you could say, well, you know what? This was just unlucky. You ran into a team that happened to have an outlier shooting night and they got hot from three. 
And unfortunately, you lost a game at a terrible time when you badly needed a win. But that's just the way that it goes sometimes, right? Like on one hand, that's that's what you could say here. Um, on the other, you dig into the stats. The Lakers are in the bottom third in opponents' three-point percentage. They're giving up 37% from three, and that number is going up after tonight. That was I checked that stat before this game finalized, so that number is going to get worse. Um, not good, obviously. Not good. So it's a combination of things, really. You've got not only are the Lakers struggling on defense, to defend the three, but you happen to have also an outlier three-point shooting night. Now, I think the Lakers contributed in the Grizzlies having an outlier three-point shooting night because the Lakers have not been defending the three well, and we've seen that recently. It's gotten worse as the season has gone on. There have been situations where the Lakers have been scheming in looks for certain players, right? They've been scheming in open three-point attempts, but they have to adjust on the fly when those three-point attempts are going in. They have to. And we're not seeing enough of that. We're not seeing a commitment to defend behind the three-point line. So this is something that I think needs to get addressed. Not only, not only is the, are the Lakers the unfortunate victims of some hot three-point shooting night, but some of it is their own doing. It's their own three-point defense that's causing some problems. So... I'd like to see some changes there. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say the change needs to be Darvin Ham, you know, should not be the head coach anymore. Understand it. I get it. And we're going to talk a lot about that, I'm sure, in the chat. But for the time being, he's the coach, and we need to see them changing the way they're approaching defense because they are approaching teams as though they're going to shoot terribly from three, they're leaving guys open. And then when they actually hit the shots, they're not adjusting their defensive schemes enough to account for that. And so that's something that I think has got to get fixed here for this Lakers side. All right, let's get into some of your chat questions and comments. Once again, appreciate all of you from, for joining. This is a tough game. It's a tough game, tough situation, and certainly not what we want to see here with this Lakers team losing another game. So I appreciate all of you being here to talk through this and vent a little bit. So let me let you guys start to do just that. Shay Jordan, 51% from three. Why us, regardless, a 33 to 19-fourth is yuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, 51% from three. We can throw our hands up and say, woe is me. Can't believe that this actually happened here to this Lakers team. And yet, at the same time, I think defensively there's some concerns, some things that have to get addressed there sooner rather than later, especially when you're taking the Clippers have been, I don't think the Clippers missed a three in like a month. You're taking on that team Sunday. That's going to get ugly. If you continue to not defend the, uh, not defend the three point line. Asa hearts is it's still the offense shot league average from three as, as I always mentioned and still lost. Um, no, in this, in this game, it was not the offense. The offense was just fine in this one, in terms of your scoring through three quarters, the offense went, away in the fourth. Now you shot league average from three. Yes, but you were shooting above league average from three heading into the fourth and then, and you were tied and then you dropped your percentage down to league average from deep in the fourth. 
So your three-point shooting dried up when you really needed it to continue. I think I thought defensively there were concerns in this one. There were issues in this one and that the Grizzlies were red hot. So it was the defense, but it was the offense going cold in the fourth as well. The overall stats look fine because their offense was hot early on, but the offense went cold in the fourth. And so that was that was an issue. 82 points between LeBron, Reeves, and Anthony Davis and still lost. When are we going to address the slippage defensively? Team has lost its identity. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing right now. We're talking about the defense and the struggles to get stops there. They did not get nearly enough stops. Again, part of it is the Grizzlies had a hot shooting night. Part of it, too, was the Lakers' defense. Mission 86 said, I'm sorry, guys. I got nothing, absolutely nothing. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for having nothing for this one. Um, Yeah, brutal. Brutal in this one. Cruising. This team is as reliable as Sean's backdrop, which is notorious for, for falling apart. Good comment. Uh, Dagmawi said, playing AD and LeBron near 40 minutes a game, how will that affect them toward the end of the season? Well, it's not good. LeBron's turnovers are so deflating. AD's top five this season. Yeah, look, Anthony Davis, 31 points, six boards, four assists, two blocks, five of seven from the line, 13 to 22 shooting. LeBron, 32 points, played 41 minutes. LeBron, 39 minutes, 32 points, seven assists, five steals, five rebounds, six of 10 from the free throw line. All those misses coming in the fourth quarter when the Lakers really needed them. Four for nine from deep, 11 for 24. I thought LeBron looked energized early on. thought LeBron looked like he was locked in. Still couldn't get the job done. LeBron, four turnovers. Some of them were ugly late. In fact, the Lakers started off the fourth quarter. You needed to set the tone. They began the fourth with a really bad turnover. Just threw the LeBron did just threw the ball out of bounds. Uh, player, I don't remember who it was, cut when LeBron wasn't expecting it, and LeBron's pass went into the first row. That was how you started the fourth quarter, and it was a sign of things to come. Uh, the Lakers finished the game with 13 turnovers, which is not terrible. It's not terrible, but still, the turnovers in the fourth were particularly damaging for this Lakers side. Again, you look at the stats for this game: 113 points scored. 49% from the field, 36% from three, 70% from the line. All right, you'd like that to be up a little bit. 27 free throw attempts. Everything's pretty good. Only six offensive rebounds from Memphis. But then you see the way Memphis shot the ball in this one. And despite the fact that they had 17 turnovers, when a team shoots 45 threes and makes 23 of them, that's tough. That's tough. And again, some of that is hot shooting. Some of that's defense. Trey said, protest time. Darvin should be unemployed. LeBron went shack at the line without trades. This team is cooked. Well, there have been plenty of trade rumors. That's for sure. Plenty of trade rumors. The Lakers potentially looking at DeJounte Murray, potentially looking at Zach Levine. I can say this, with every game, the incentive for the Lakers to make a move just grows and grows and grows. That's what we're looking at right now. The incentive for the Lakers to get something done, it only gets that much greater because it's pretty clear that something's got to change. Something is, and maybe that's Darvin Ham. Maybe that's the coach. I don't know that you can put this entire game on, on Darvin Ham, but uh, as the coach, he's always going to get at least some of the blame. And we know that there's some rumblings there. The seat might be a little bit hot. This game's not going to help that. Game's not going to help that. That's for sure. Let's see what else you guys have for me. 
Hey, Chris said what hurts most is LeBron and AD are healthy and putting in good games, yet they can't even get a win. Something, anything needs to change. Yeah, again, LeBron and AD have been healthy for the bulk of the season, and you're now a couple games below 500. Right now, if the playoffs were to start, the Lakers would not be in them. What a crazy, crazy collapse we're seeing here from this Lakers team since winning the in-season tournament. It was It's still less than a month ago that they won the in-season tournament. They won the tournament. They looked great. They were playing playoff caliber basketball in the tournament. I talked about this on this show. I remember because it wasn't that long ago. I talked about how there was going to be a drop-off in their play after the in-season tournament. There was no debout, no debate. It was happening. They were Their play was going to drop after the in-season tournament. And not necessarily because, oh, they're lazy now or something like that, but because it had to. They couldn't play at that level the entire season. And the hope, we talked about this, the hope was just that it wouldn't drop too much. That you wouldn't pick up some extra losses. And that's exactly what they did. And now they're in a free fall. They are in a free fall. And look, they have a home-heavy schedule. Their schedule at no point is easy for the season. There's not. This is not an easy schedule for, for the Lakers. Yeah, you'll occasionally see some teams. We talk about how difficult December was. Now the Lakers are home for the bulk of January. But you look at their opponents. Okay, tonight they got Memphis. Well, it's not Memphis from October or November. It's Memphis now with John Morant, John Morant back. Totally different team, right? You're playing teams, the Miami Heat, even without Jimmy Butler. Still a competent team if you don't show up ready to play. And the Lakers did not show up ready to play against Miami. Even though they're at home now and they're not out on the road, you're playing teams that if you are out of sorts, they're going to kick your ass. And that's what's happening here. This Lakers team, they're they're discombobulated. They're out of sorts. They're not getting it done. And they're not playing teams that are forgiving. They're playing teams that are of the quality that they will beat you if you are not ready to compete, if you're not at your best. And the Lakers are very clearly not at their best. And so the downward spiral continues. This tailspin continues. And they can't figure out a way to pull themselves out of it. And it gets worse. They've got the Clippers coming up on Sunday. I believe it's the Raptors after that on Tuesday. Now, the Raptors are not a great team, although they have gotten a little shot in the arm from their trade, getting Emmanuel quickly, who has already lit up the Lakers once this season for the Knicks, getting him. But this is your your schedule. Clippers on Sunday. The Raptors on Tuesday. The Suns on Thursday. Then you get the Jazz your road game Saturday, then OKC, then Dallas, then Brooklyn. Any of those teams, with the exception of maybe Utah, and Utah has been starting to play better, will beat you if you are this out of sorts. That's the reality, even with a lot of these games being home games. Then it's only it's only then that you get Portland, January 21st. You get Portland. But then you're right back to Clippers, Bulls, who just beat the Lakers a few weeks ago, Golden State. It's not an easy schedule, even though it's very home heavy. And with the Lakers right now in the state they're currently in, there's no game that you can look at and go, oh, well, that's definitely a win. Now, if they pull their heads out and they're able to get uh, something going, if they're able to figure some things out, if you guys get a little healthier, these are all these are winnable games as well.
But the way the Lakers are playing basketball right now, even with it lightening up a little bit in January in terms of travel, it's it's not an easy schedule. They have to figure this out. They have to figure it out fast because teams are not going to let them up. It's not like they've got a stretch of two weeks of, of the Hornets and the Spurs and the Pistons. No, that's not what's coming up for them. That's not what's coming up. They have to figure it out or this is going to continue. LSM said, we have three players we're confident in. We need a proper 3 and D wing that can actually 3 and D and an athletic guard next to Austin. I think DeJounte would be perfect and increase the overall skill we can use at once. Uh, fire Darvin Ham. So here's the problem with DeJounte Murray. And this is the report from Chris Haynes today. Chris Haynes puts out this report saying, yeah, the Lakers are one of the teams that's going to be interested in him. Philly's going to be interested in him in DeJounte Murray and a lot of other teams. He's got a lot of interest. It's the opposite with Zach Levine, right? All we're hearing from Zach Levine is the Bulls are sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring, and it's not ringing. Nobody wants Zach Levine on his contract right now, particularly if the Bulls are expecting anybody to give something up. Maybe we get to a point where the Bulls just say, take his salary. We don't even need something of significance back. Just take his salary. Maybe. But DeJounte Murray has a really nice contract that extends for the next four years. So he's got, according to Chris Haynes, a lot of interest. And Haynes threw out there, he said, Rui and Austin is where the Lakers deal would start, and I don't think that's enough. That's what Haynes said. When he said that, I went, oh, well, they're out then. Because if it's me, if I'm the Lakers and I've got Austin on the contract I've got him on, I'm not giving up Austin to go get DeJounte Murray. And if it's and if the Hawks would look at Rui and Austin as the base package, as that not being good enough, that doesn't make me super optimistic that there's a deal to be found with Atlanta. Now, that said, this time of year, teams put out a lot of information that is, let's say, pretty aggressive in terms of what they'd be asking for in a trade, what they'd be willing to give up, all those sorts of things. So keep that in mind. Doesn't mean the two sides won't be able to work something out ahead of the February 8th deadline. Again, we've got what like a month to go till February 8th. So there is still time for the two sides to figure something out. But Haynes saying that, if the Hawks would look at the Lakers package and go, well, oh, that's not Austin Reeves in it isn't enough, that that makes me a bit more pessimistic that the Lakers are actually going to get DeJounte Murray. Uh, Zach Levine did return to play tonight. I've been, Since we were watching this car accident of a Lakers game, I'll admit I haven't checked up on what Zach Levine did for Chicago tonight. Uh, let's see. They did beat the Hornets. And Zach Levine coming off the bench was six for 11 in 30 minutes, five boards, four assists, 15 points in his return from action, return to action after dealing with a sore foot. Oh no. Suits said, I'll take that math teacher over him. He's talking about my math. <laughs> I told a story on the show that came out this morning. Um, about a guy that I taught with this math. Anyway, so I'm not going to redo the whole analogy. Go listen to the show. I've gotten a bunch of messages today. People loved that story, but I won't retell the whole thing right now. Go check out yesterday's show. It published early morning on the on the uh, the YouTube channel. Um, I, I it's in. I think it's at like the six minute mark. Um, check that out. But he said he would take the math teacher over Darvin Ham. That that. If you listen to the story, that's saying a lot. I can tell you that. This was a good loss for us, though. Changes will now be officially be made 
for better or for worse. So this is the thing with Darvin Ham. He needed, obviously, they needed to win this game. If you're on the anti-Darvin Ham side, like, does something break here? Right? Like, you just lost another game. What if you get blown out on Sunday? And I hope that's not what happens. Does that force the Lakers' hand? Something to consider. Could that be something that forces the Lakers' hands with Darvin? I don't know. Again, right now, the reporting is there's a disconnect in the locker room. I don't know. It's not like the Lakers were lethargic in this game, like they were against Miami, or just looked unprepared to play a basketball game, which is which was the case against Miami. I thought they had more energy in this game until the fourth. And then it fell apart. But if this tailspin continues, how much pressure is going to come from LeBron to do something? LeBron's 39 years old, still playing at a high level. And if this team keeps doing this, it's going to be a wasted season for him. He doesn't have a season to waste. They're going to need to do something here. And I don't know if it's going to be Darvin, but I'll tell you what, this doesn't help. Falling to pieces in the fourth quarter against the Grizzlies doesn't help. That's for sure. Justin, get Darvin out of here. Can you tell me a perimeter player in the league that averages 31 minutes a game, get 9.8 points, 34 minutes tonight, makes three shots. Ham has lost the team. Get rid of him. Um, so tonight's game, I'm not going to be as concerned about the minutes for certain players right like you look at okay torian prince 10 points three of nine shooting three of seven i know a lot of people get upset uh with torian and and his the usage from darvinham again played 35 minutes in this one torian did but rui hachimura is hurt d'angelo russell's hurt jalen hood fino is unplayable right now Darvin went with an eight-man rotation. Went with an eight-man rotation. Naturally, he's going to get... Torian Prince is going to get more minutes. He's going to have to. Because who else are the minutes going to? Jared Vanderbilt, who played 17 minutes. He's not going to give you the floor spacing that you need. And he's still you know, probably not 100%. Christian Wood played 16 minutes. Did he need to play more? And he's not fighting Torian Prince for minutes. Um... Max Christie. And the same can be said for Cam Reddish. By the way, this comment could be about Cam Reddish as well. I don't know which one of them averages 9.8 points. I'm assuming that's Torian Prince over Cam Reddish. But Cam Reddish played 32 minutes in this one. Two rebounds, eight points, three of eight. Happened to hit two of three from three. So we'll take that from him. But the point is that there, there, there weren't a lot of options to turn to. I think really the only thing you could do is if you said Torian played too many minutes, or Cam played too many minutes, is you Max Christie should have played more minutes. It should have been Max Christie not playing 20 minutes in the game. Max should have played 25, and Prince should have played 30 or something like that. But when you get to that point, is it really that big of a difference? Probably not, especially when you factor in that Max is not even 21 yet. Um, young player still. So I think it's justifiable. I understand when Rui is healthy, 
and you're saying, and Torian is getting more minutes than Rui or Cam's getting more minutes, and it's there's frustration. Hey, Rui's been his minutes have been yo-yoed. People are upset about that. But Rui wasn't available in this game. So I can't be too upset about the minute distribution because who did you want the minutes to go to? Like Jackson Hayes? That that hasn't worked. Jalen Uchifino, that hasn't worked. That's it. Those were the only other options. So that's the way I look at it. That's why I'm not going to be too upset about um, the minutes. Fernando, scheming Grizz to shoot threes is terrible. They're not terrible shooters. They're streaky. If you let NBA players get confident shooting, they'll burn you. It's not a coincidence or an outlier night. Yeah, that's where, again, there, there's some causation here, right? The Lakers are purposefully dropping off of shooters. And that's not like a Lakers only thing where you're just going, oh, why, what are the Lakers doing? Why are you leaving certain players? Look at what teams do to Cam Reddish. Look at what teams do to Jared Vanderbilt. Teams make the conscious choice that we're going to give this guy open threes. And if he happens to make them, he makes them. But the numbers say he needs to be open from three and we'll put an extra defender in the paint to bother Anthony Davis, to bother LeBron. And so the Lakers are not the only team that does this, but they do tend to be pretty aggressive doing it in terms of picking guys that, okay, Marcus Smart is shooting 26% from three. He's been better than that for much of his career. I don't have his stats right in front of me at the moment, but he's been better than that for most of his career, um, shooting the three. And the same is true for, for Jaron Jackson. Look, Jaron Jackson is a 33% three-point shooter this, uh, this season, but could he be a little better than that? Absolutely. So him shooting five or six from three... It's regrettable, of course, but it's not out of the question. Smart for his career is a 32% three-point shooter. Still, that's borderline, kind of leave him. But if he's hitting them, you have to adjust and you have to defend him. He was eight for four, eight threes out of Marcus Smart. I can I can pretty much guarantee you that's the most threes he's hit in any game this season. I don't think I even need to look that up. I think somebody had it out there uh, on X at some point that this was the most, the second most threes I think Smart had made in a game ever in his career. If that's what's happening, you have to adjust that. You can't just keep giving him the open looks and say, well, the numbers say he's going to miss them. Well, tonight he's not. So you got to fix that. You got to fix that. All right. We're going to do a little something here. We're going to do a little something. We're going to have a little fun here. Hopefully, take us out of this moment for a moment. Because I know right now we're all venting. We're all upset. We're all angry. And trust me, guys, I'm right there with you. I'm frustrated. And you guys know I don't get super frustrated with the, with this stuff. I tend to be pretty even keeled. I had, to, I had to take some deep breaths before doing this show tonight. Before doing this show, I had to take some deep breaths. But what I want to do is play a little game with you guys. And that is... Sponsored by Sleeper. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put together a ticket here. We're going to put together a contest here for Sleeper. So check this out, guys. We've got the code Lakers Nation. You get up to $500 deposit match on Sleeper. Which you guys should definitely check out. And what I want you guys to do in the chat is help make my picks here. Help me make these picks for this sleeper contest that right now we are putting together live. All of us are going to come together and do this. Remember again, that promo code is late nation over on sleeper. 
Let's do this. It's very, very simple, very easy, very easy to play. All you got to do is pick more or less on a few of these plays. Again, very simple. So one of the ones that I want to go to, it's Julius Randle, our old friend, Julius Randle. 28.5, his projected points set at. You guys think he'll do more or less? Let me know in the chat. Fire it off. More or less than 28.5 points for Julius Randle in his next game, taking on the Washington Wizards. I've got a lot of people hitting less. I was thinking the same thing. I was going less there. I think I think what's going to happen is the Knicks are going to blow out the Wizards, and it's going to be a lot of garbage time. All right, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to take less on Julius Randle. One of my favorite players is Alperin Sengun. Does he get a double-double? The number set at 0.5 for double-doubles. Taking on Milwaukee. Does Alperin Sengun get a double-double against Milwaukee? More or less? More would mean, yes, he gets a double-double. Less would mean he does not. I'm with you guys. The chat says more. I agree. I'm going more on Sengun. We need a few more. Let's again go to an old friend, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, 20.5 points. That is the line more or less against the Knicks. Kuzma, yep, he doesn't have a conscience. He's taking over, taking more. I'm going more than 25.5 points for Kyle Kuzma. Let's do two more. Two more. Who else do we want to go with? Oh, let's go with a potential trade target for the Lakers. Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones taking on the Knicks. 12.5 points. Does he do more or less? Tyus Jones hasn't been blowing up this season every game, but I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go more for Tyus Jones. More than 12.5 points. And then one of my favorite trade targets, Daniel Gafford. More or less than 9.5 points. Against, again, against the Knicks. So he's going up against Isaiah Hartenstein. No Tom, uh, there's there's no Mitchell Robinson. He's out. I'm going more than 9.5 points for Daniel Gafford. And there it is, folks. That's how easy it is. If this were to be a winner, 19.4 X on a $5 play would result in $97. That's the card that I'm going with here for Sleeper. Remember, very, very easy, a lot of fun, great way to enhance your enjoyment of the game. And once again, all you have to do is use your promo code LakersNation and you get a deposit match of up to $500 on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 25 states. So go check out Sleeper today. All right. Let's talk some more here. Some more Lakers basketball. I know. Not an easy night. Not an easy night. I see Sean is sitting backstage. I'm going to bring him in in just a moment here. We'll bring in Sean. As soon as I get my headphones plugged in. Because I'm curious to see what Sean has to say. The post-post game show will be starting up in just a bit. But Sean looks like he's got something to say. 
Sean, popping in here. Wasn't expecting to see you come in this early. What's on your mind? So, what draft prospects we want to talk about tonight? That is the first thing that's that's on my mind. Um, I am just, well, let me stop. I was uploading something, so that's probably why I think I'm a little bit unsynced right now. But I think we're good now. Um, you know, there is, when you look at, I was watching a, a, a interview. I'm going to tell a quick story. I was watching a, a interview uh, from the Pivot. Have you heard the Pivot podcast, Trevor? With uh-huh. uh, Ryan Clark. Fred Taylor and Chan Crowder, I think. I think that's the mm-hmm. three. And they had Mike McDaniels, the uh, Miami Dolphins head coach on there, right? I, I love Mike McDaniels, one of my favorite NFL coaches. I was watching it, and I immediately understood why, like, all his players love him. I immediately, like, 10 minutes into the interview, I'm like, huh, he just gets it. And the reason being, and this is, quite frankly, a redeeming quality of a lot of great head coaches, regardless of what league, like NFL, NBA, Major League, but it doesn't matter, right? What division, what level, it doesn't matter. There's a, a pretty glaring redeeming quality, and that is being able to just be accountable for your own ish. And the reason why that's so important is because, one, it humanizes you, especially if you, like, share with your players, it humanizes you. So you're able to create like a closer bond with your players and like, hey, look, I messed up a lot too. Like, there's this clip, you go back to Mike McDaniels. There's this clip that went around on Twitter after some random game. And Mike McDaniel spends like three minutes in the clip saying, see, this is a terrible play call by me. I don't know what the F I was doing, yada, yada, yada. See, I'm going to keep me- messing up, but you got to be accountable and learn from it and move on. Mm-hmm. And that's what every good head coach does they take accountability for their mistakes or whatever their shortcomings they just get freaking better from it and darvin i don't know if you, you, you have you seen darvin's quote post game uh i am seeing it right now if this is the one you're talking about oh boy go ahead go ahead tell us the quote because i chat you guys who are with us live coming in here on, on youtube um you're you're not going to be happy with this let me just say that sean go ahead Darvin Ham, this is David McMenamin, a tweet. I didn't watch his post game, and I'm glad I didn't. But Darvin Ham says, I'm tired of people living and dying with every game we play. This is a marathon. Read the effing room, Darvin. Read the room. What are we doing? Okay. Read the room. So You're there's three two things 11. here. Three a three and eleven is winning the in-season tournament, right? Yeah, that's that's not living and dying. First of all, that's not living and dying with every game. We're living You're talking and dying about with what being 14, three and eleven. 14 games, right? Like that's that's not living and dying with every game. That's the accumulation of weeks of this. The other thing, though, the other thing is I'm tired of people living and dying with every game. You're in the wrong then, field. Then you're place. in the wrong place. You're in Beat the it. wrong place if you're tired of people of people living and dying with every single game. This is the Lakers. People care Screw about that. this. If you want to go someplace where people don't live and die with every single game, go find a small market team that nobody cares that much about right now. 
and I don't feel like trashing a particular small market team, so I'm not going to name a team, but go find a small market team that's like the third or fourth professional sports team in terms of their rankings in their market and go coach there if you're tired of people living and dying with every single game. The fact that Lakers fans live and die with every single game is what allows this franchise to be what it is. People care about that team. So you can't complain about the passion of the fans that are living and dying with every single game when that's what it is that pays your salary. You just can't do that. And Darvin's had a number of these tone-deaf comments recently that don't help anything. And he's been overall pretty good with media, with his answers and stuff. But the last look, everybody's on edge right now. For the last few weeks, he's had a few things that he said that rub people the wrong way. And Sean, you're absolutely right to bring that up because that, that was ridiculous. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Brandon Staley after we lost to the Packers this year. They kept questioning him about the defense. Like, hey, are you going to... Are you going to ever give up the play calling duties to somebody else forever? Because your defense stinks. I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what the like the point was that was being yeah. given across there. And and Brandon Staley just let the let the reporter have it, which is super uncharacteristic, but it's a defensive technique. Like he's he knows he's on the hot seat. Like that is such a tone deaf, just read the freaking room type of statement. Where again, you're in the wrong. I mean, you said you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong field entirely. If you don't want people living and dying with every game or every single uh, action you do, go work at a McDonald's. Go flip burgers where they don't live and die with every patty you flip. They're all the same. Go flip burgers. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> that was that was that was an all-time Sean rant. I like it. I like it. Oh man. <laughs> That's uh I just I right as you start bringing that up I jumped over to the Lakers Nation uh Twitter account at Lakers Nation and I saw that they they put that out there and I went oh my gosh he did not say that uh ridiculous all right the in-season tournament and this comment comes in the in-season tournament is looking really goofy and blinded y'all we've been ass all year and now you're truly seeing it welcome to the party ham must be gone monday morning we need a better two-way player, plus we have some dumb IQ players. So, Sean, Lakers get blown out on Sunday. Let's say they lose by 20 or more on Sunday. Fired. Now, I, I I hope that this is not the world we're living in come Monday morning, by the way. I hope I hope the, we do the opposite, and the Lakers just go and hammer the Clippers. You know, you know, like Based on the way the both teams are playing right now, wouldn't say that's likely. But there's a reason why you play the games, and you never know. But the Lakers get blown out by more than 20. If they don't look competitive, they don't look ready to play. You have to. Is Darvin Ham still the coach Monday morning? You have to fire him. I, okay. I, I mean, I don't even care who. You just have to. Because, again, like this is the, the statements tonight, the recent players of late, you are like ever so, like I almost said slowly, you are quickly fading away in the Western Conference playoff race with a team that's supposed to be continuity continuity yeah that continuity's got you in the 11th seed right now with still a very brutal schedule ahead like you got to even even if you think man i I don't know you just kind of have to because this is again like i i said this on the pod the other night i don't i don't know what game it was but it became like pretty apparent when darvin started to lose the locker room and he's losing he's 
if he has the loss in entirely, he's, he's pretty close. And I think just a blowout loss to the Clippers Sunday night to just like add, like to to continue the bleeding. I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. Wow. Wow. All right. I, I think I agree. I agree. Think if that happens. Reese said LeBron 32, 80, 31. No one else did anything. Go get Levine and Ham is gone by this weekend because I already know we're losing Sunday to the Clips. Booze from the crowd. Yeah, look, that's that's also going to put pressure on the organization to do something. When you're getting booed at home, that's a bad look. And that was and that was not that's not anything negative about fans. Fans should be frustrated and should be booing in the in this situation. Uh, Sebastian said, "Absolutely pathetic. Same problems every game. Major changes are needed asap." Uh, Wicked Bronco, how can this team be so bad? Going from winning the in season tournament to looking like a lottery team. Ham has to go. Why go away from the lineup that won the in season tournament? Give me Levine, Murray, something, please. The problem, and I've talked about this, the problem is while teams are more ready and more willing to do a trade right now, there's a lot that are still, they still want to let things kind of develop ahead of the trade deadline. We got another month till the trade deadline. So the right deal may not be there right now. They may have to dig their way out of this themselves and then find a trade maybe mid January. Maybe it's the first week of February. Maybe it's on deadline day, but it's more likely that a deal could happen than it was on December 16th. But a lot of teams still aren't quite ready to pull the trigger on something right this second. So that's something that's worth noting when we're looking at, at this Lakers team and saying, do something now, pull the trigger on a trade. That trade may not be there. By the way, if I'm an opposing team right now and I'm talking trade with the Lakers, I'm saying, man, you guys must really be desperate right now, right? There's no way I'm not using this for leverage if I'm an opposing GM. No way I'm not. Uh, somebody in the chat said, who's the super, no superstar of the night. The superstar of the night goes to the fans booing in crypto.com arena at the end of the game. There's your superstar of the night. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. I have a, oh no, I have a quote that just came in. Who is this? From? Uh, editor extraordinary Daniel Starkin just sent me this from, who's it from? From the from the pressers, it's a LeBron quote. Oh no. Chat, get ready. This is LeBron. Um during Anthony Davis's availability. So this is a reporter. This is Claire DeLoon, who is in the in there, and, and Austin is talking to LeBron while Anthony Davis is talking to reporters. Austin's talking to LeBron. And Austin Reeves, according to this this quote here, Austin Reeves asked LeBron about Bronny's game tomorrow and if he's going to be starting for USC. LeBron said he thought it's time for Bronny to start and then added loudly, he could play for us right now easy. You know what's so crazy about that? I agree. And the reason being is because Bronny can play both ends of the floor. And you have one player that can do that, and he doesn't see the floor as often as he probably should. I agree with Braun right there. 
Well, there's 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 two ways you could take that. You could, and I think maybe he means both. You could take that as LeBron saying, "My son is good enough to play for our to, to play in the NBA right now. Like he's really good." That's talking up Bronny. It could also be, "My teammates are terrible right now," and and Bronny, being a college player, could step in and, and play for us right now. And You're I right. think honestly, it's, it's probably both. I think both things could be true. He's right. And that's why Bronny, I thought, regardless, as long as, as long as Bronny came back and looked healthy, he was always going to play. He's always going to get drafted because he just has such a skill set that 30 out of 30 teams in the NBA want. A guy that can shoot, play make a little bit, and play freaking defense. And on top of that, he's athletic. And he's like just has all the athletic gifts that you get one being LeBron freaking James's son. Like, he's not wrong. I mean, you're LeBron. Like David said, he's right. His teammates are not good. If you're LeBron and you're playing 38 minutes in this game, no, sorry, 39 minutes, you put up 32, five and seven with five steals. Now he did have some, so he missed free throw. I'm not saying LeBron was, was infallible in this game or anything like that. He had his, his issues, but you're 39 years old. You play the same number of minutes as your age and you go for 32, five and seven with five steals and you, and you still lose by 14. He's got to be frustrated. He's got to be frustrated with that. Like, he's not wrong. And, uh, again, I'm so serious, by the way. I just want to make sure that people might think I'm joking. I am dead serious. We are not <laughs> talking a lick about this game on the post-post-game show. We'll get the post-post-game show going in just a few moments here. I want to get through a few more questions and comments. Uh, we do need to do the Master Lock of the Night, which I, I didn't do a Superstar of the Night, didn't do a Star in Your role because, honestly, didn't. Doesn't feel like that. If you read the room, doesn't feel like that kind of uh, that kind of night. Um, Asa Hartz says LeBron will point to everyone on defense, but get burnt by his man from three constantly. So irritating. We really let four players go for twenty plus. Yeah, there have been moments where LeBron's gotten burned defensively. There was a, a wide open Jaron Jackson three that he gave up. There was early in the game there was a, an open layup because he gambled to try to get a you know, steal on a John Morant pass. Um, LeBron's defense has been kind of hit or miss and, and there have been more missed moments. But I have a hard time being critical of LeBron because he's 39 and he's doing so much on the offensive end. Like it, it's because it's LeBron, obviously he gets held to a very, very high standard. And that's because of how incredible that he, he's been over the years. But I don't look at what he's doing on the defensive end and his shortcomings there and think, oh man, LeBron's defense is just killing this team. I think he's a guy where it's understandable where, oh, LeBron didn't give his all on that play. Yeah, because he's playing 39 minutes and he's 39 years old. Like, it'd be different. If LeBron if LeBron was 29, we'd be, we'd be singing a very different tune. At least I would. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler said, that's probably the season, folks. I mean, I, I can't go that. Like, we're not even halfway. Not even halfway right. Yeah. Ham is Somehow. gone. He may be right there. I don't blame Braun or AD if they end up wanting out of this mess. We either go all in right now on Levine or the season is done. I don't know that, that Zach Levine is the savior to fix everything. If they trade no. for him, I hope he is. I hope he is, but I don't know if this is a you must get Zach Levine and everything will be solved type situation. Uh, I would say that's probably not accurate. 
But AD or LeBron, if they want out, Sean, in my mind, the only way LeBron or AD are getting traded, and by the way, I don't think Anthony Davis, yeah, Anthony Davis can't even be traded, but the only way they would get traded, they would have to go to the Lakers and ask them to trade them. Yeah. They're I mean, not, no they're way not you trade those. Them. No. Uh, Jordan said, are we prepared to get blown out on Sunday, guys? Yep. Okay, I'll stop being <laughs> negative, Nancy, but... I mean, I'm I'm prepared to lose. I I, de- I don't think they win Sunday, as of right now. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's not you being negative. That's just that's just called analysis, right? Because if you're looking at the two teams right now, you would be dishonest if you said I think the Lakers are going to beat the Clippers, right? Based on the way the two teams are playing right now, it's very unlikely. Is it a, is it impossible? No, and that's why you play the games. Um, the Lakers beating the Clippers right now doesn't seem very likely given the way both teams are playing at the moment. They already got a win over the Clippers early in the season, but given the quality of both teams right now, it would be an upset, I think, if the Lakers were to get that win on um, on Sunday. I hope they do it, though. That would be great. Mom mentality, I don't believe they're coming back from this. We need fresh blood. The problem is our players' value is at an all-time low. Best bet is to write it out and see if a disgruntled star or players want out in the offseason. Is that the equivalent of punting on the season, Sean? I think so. Can you really I, I do think, that? I think you're basically saying, well, this season's over with anyway in January. Like, like you got to give this team a shot still because it's Braun and because it's AD, because they've been healthy, because they've been top 10 players. It's just that, like, Poor process and poor management has kind of derailed me. And, and, and some poor play, too. Like, it's not 1,000% on the coaches or 100% on the coaches stuff. Like, there is definitely some poor performances from the players. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sure. I mean, I, I, I think I think you got to still give this th- those two dudes a shot. you got to give them a shot. I just don't think you can punt the season, especially that bronze 39. Like... I know we had this conversation two years ago with the Russ thing, and we said, well, Bronze 37. Okay, sure. Bronze, Bronze proved he could play two more years at a high level. Is he gonna play another two years at a high level, though? Like at, at top 10 high level, like that's what I'm saying. I think you gotta give that group a shot. Yeah. Wesley said this team is just disinterested in playing for Darvin Ham at this point. Wouldn't be surprised if he's fired by Saturday. So Against Miami, my my feeling watching that game was there's something more going on here than just the Lakers are having a bad shooting night. Did you get that sense tonight? Because I I didn't really. I didn't feel like this was a Lakers team that looked like they were... Like, if you wanted to just torpedo your coach, I don't think that's what we saw out of the, out of the Lakers tonight, at least through three quarters. The fourth quarter, everything fell apart. But a lot of that, too, was Memphis was hitting shots. You can say it's the Lakers' defense. But, like, if the Lakers came out lethargic and went down big early and then just got their doors blown off by the Grizzlies, it would be different. You were nodded at 94 heading into the fourth quarter, and the Lakers had been playing with some energy, playing with passion. They were There was almost a fight. You know, I mean, Taylor Jenkins ran onto the floor. and I mean, the crazy stuff was going on. I, this game, I didn't feel like this was a, well... If we really tank this game, then uh, then maybe Darwin will be gone. I, I didn't get that sense. No, I thought they, uh, to give you some generic coaching talk here, I thought the guys competed. Uh, Memphis just hit some tough shots tonight, so kudos to them. 
And uh, you know, you know, the we we just didn't execute well enough in the fourth quarter, had too many turnovers, and Memphis had tough shots. So Mike said James Harden is gonna tear this defense apart. Did Sleeper have a play for uh for James Harden? Well what, what was not his yet. Over-under? Not yet. That'll come out tomorrow. Ah. Uh Maceo said was ready to give Ham props for his rotations. Up until Cam and Vanderbilt were both on the floor in the fourth. Yes, an absolute That made punch. no sense. How have we not talked about that yet? I know. I get it. He only had eight players that he was playing in this game. But I still. Don't care. Oh, and didn't it result? It wasn't like an immediate turnover. An immediate turnover. And like, I think Memphis won a 6-0 run. And I think we said it like, that's probably the game, isn't it? Because, like, for the past month, literally since the season tournament, in those situations where the Lakers go down, like, five or whatever in the middle of the fourth quarter, they either just can't get enough stops or they just can't score. And tonight, they couldn't do either. So, yeah, like, that line just – and, like, the Super Chat says, the lineups made sense literally for three and a half quarters. Um, your play lineups that make sense. You were – I mean, defensively, it was still some like mislapses or whatever, but you play lineups that made sense. and immediately you go down turnover the offensive shot quality drops dramatically because they just don't care about cameras and jerry vanderbilt like and then go figure that's the lineup that i mean they don't lose the game because of that lineup but they lost the game when that lineup was on the floor um and, and they, cam was two for three from three in this game yeah but yeah thank you for reminding me how atrocious that lineup was Bruh, bruh, so can't shoot, can't close out. It's a lethal combo. You know what? It's, we're getting late into the show here, and I haven't done the Master Lock yet. Let's get to that. Uh, let's get to the, the Master Lock. And I'm curious, what, what was the most annoying thing from this game specifically? Let's do that. Master Lock of the Night. Master Lock of the Night. This is There's a lot to choose from. What was the worst part? About this, who's the absolute word? Like, if you just just fire it all off in in a in a in a message here in the chat, what was the most irritating, annoying, nauseating thing from this game? I'm seeing a lot of hands. Mama mentality said all of the above. Pablo, what did Sean do to you, Pablo? What did I do? That's just me. Uh, Marcus Smart. Yeah, for hitting all those threes. Master Lock Taylor Jenkins <laughs> transition, transition defense. defense. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Master Lock Taylor Jenkins transition defense. Taylor Jenkins comes onto the. How about Taylor Jenkins is on the floor? The Lakers are, are starting a breakdown the other way. The, the coach of the Grizzlies, by the way, he's on the court and Torian Prince runs to him like not runs into him because taylor jenkins was in his way like goes out of his way to go run into taylor jenkins because he knows it's an automatic technical foul for the coach being on the floor um kind of a smart play in the moment by torian prince but funny there is a a a picture going around of taylor jenkins on the floor and it looks like he's playing defense because they just the way they his body was when they, they snapped the photo it looks like he's out on the floor as an extra defender it was pretty it was bizarre uh, I'm seeing a lot of Darvin Ham. I'm seeing Dylan Brooks because he gets master locked every show, regardless of whether or not the Lakers are actually playing him. As he should. Um, 
Trading twos for threes. Yep. Master lock. Diamond. No, I don't know. Sean, what are you putting in the master lock from this? I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not going to rant too much here, but I'm, I'm actually just going to agree with, with, uh, mom and mentality, all of the above. And I said it at the end of the playback stream, and this is probably the first time I've like really felt this way. Uh, mm -hmm. This is what the season, third season covering the Lakers with the uh, Lakers nation. This is the very first time I just sat back and I said it on playback. I was like, I'm just, I'm done with this team right now. Like, all the above because it feels like we're just and I again we talked about this on playback we're just going around a circle of like incompetency right now and it's like okay cool lineups uh roles offensive play calling which they kind of fixed a little bit tonight uh give me up the most uh, open threes in the NBA in a league that is gonna shoot a bunch of threes um tone death comments in post game. Like all of the above, all of the above. Like this is I've been I've been mad after games with like I think of Boston last year and uh the at Boston. I think of that game where I was like actually mad. Uh I think Golden State in the conference semis game two, I was mad, but like legitimately, and I'll probably feel different tomorrow because that's just how my brain processes things. I'll be over it tomorrow or whatever. But I'm legitimately like pissed off right now. <laughs> like not even mad. I'm like legitimately pissed off. And uh, so yeah, all the above, all the above. I uh, I think that's a an appropriate response here, Sean. You you were so mad uh, over on the the playback side. You even had a little a little slip up, a little uh, a little <laughs> little. Uh, I didn't have a bleep button ready for you. That that's how upset Sean was, that he couldn't contain his need to swear <laughs> over there. Those of you in the chat that were there know what I'm talking about. Oh man, the chat wanted you to put me in timeout. <laughs> they did. It was funny. It was funny. All right, uh, we're gonna do uh, a couple more. Then we're gonna head over to Sean's uh, post post game show in just a moment. Everybody, again, appreciate you guys coming in here and venting. I hope, if nothing else, you guys feel a little bit better after this. We're all in the same place, though. We're all going through this together. We're all frustrated with what we're seeing. Um, it's especially knowing what this team was just a, a few weeks ago, how quickly it has evaporated is um, stunning, to, to say the least. And, uh, and I get the frustration that you feel, the annoyance that you feel. It's all totally justified. You know, I mean, I, I'm the one that will tell people when they're overreacting and say we are overreacting to one game, big picture. No, we don't want to do small sample size stuff. You guys know that's me. That's me. You guys who are upset, you're angry, you're not overreacting. It's justified. It's justified in this one. Um, let's see. Uh, Jonathan said, no pointing at ham tonight. The guys we have simply need to play better before we start looking at trades. Untimely turnovers and lapses on defense. Aren't these the same guys we went to the Western Conference Finals with? Uh, sort of. Sort of the <laughs> same guys we went to the Western Conference Finals with. But but I do think the point is, is that this isn't just on Darvin. There's a lot of things going on here. Darvin is going to be the focal point, especially with the story that just came out about him the other day. 
but there's a lot more than just that. And some of this absolutely falls on the players. There's plenty of blame to go around in this situation. Yeah, I I mean, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I mean, yes, the players have to be better, um, but you know, you you go three and eleven, or what was it three? You yeah, it's three and eleven. Yeah, you go three and eleven or whatever. I think eventually it's uh it's probably a little bit more than just the players. Sean, this is this is how bad it is. I when I was thinking about you know getting the show going and everything, I had to I had to go back and look to see how many games they'd lost in a row because I've kind of lost count. Like I just was it five? The, the losses just keep coming. It's a four right now, but the losses just keep coming. Like, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's at four. It's at four with this one. They lost four and, and they lost five of their last six. I said this on playback. I'm, I, I just, I didn't even care how you got it. Like I would have been just willing to stay up till two thirty in the morning, calling that game on playback if it just meant the Lakers winning. Like that's really where I'm at, man. I do not care. I just want to talk about freaking winning. Like losing, there are very few things in the world I hate more than losing. I have a like real hatred for losing. Like that, like grinds my gears more than like very few things. And you're losing to teams that literally two and a half weeks ago you're mopping the floor with. And that's probably the most frustrating thing. You went from literally being a championship contender to in two and a half weeks. We're gonna be like, what? What? I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Lost to freaking San Antonio, the Bulls, the the Memphis. You know how unserious you are. You lose to the Spurs and the Bulls back to back. I'm sorry, not back to back technically, but still, you know how unserious you are with Braun and AD healthy. By the way, give me a freaking break. Uh, those are all here. games. Those are games you have to win. Those are games that you have to stack up so that when you do play the actual, you know, the good teams, you've got a little bit of a buffer. And the Lakers have not done that. Uh, well, everybody, Sean's post post game show is going to get started in just a few moments. I hope you guys stick around, hang out. Uh, this stream is going to stop, but we're going to get Sean's post post game show started in just a moment here. You guys are going to talk about some other stuff that's not just this game. I know Sean's got a lot planned, but I do want to thank everybody for coming in here. Not fun, um, the situation that we're in, but I'll also say this. It feels great to see how many people are still in here talking through this, yes. staying strong, fighting the good fight, all, all of that. Um, that's where, to me, and this is my little silver lining here, when you get these people that that say, that, that talk trash about Lakers fans, that say the Lakers fans are casual, Lakers fans are fair weather fans, all, the, all this kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. Said so, no, 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 that's, that's not my experience. That's not my experience at all. Like Lakers fans, man, they're here through thick and thin. They're here to talk about this team, to support this team. Yeah, through all of it. So I think that's that's something. That's a positive for sure. Again, not easy. I hope you guys feel at least a little better after venting. But um, 
Sean's going to do a little bit more of it over on his show. So stick around. That stream's going to be starting in just a moment. Thank you again, everybody. Make sure that you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We're going to keep you up to date on all the trade stuff. In fact, this weekend, Sean and I, we got to do a video on uh, on top tra trade targets for the Lakers. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> we absolutely do. All right, everybody. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.